This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam. And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, we're going to devote the entire show today to the uh, spate of uh, really aggressive, brutal violence against uh, Palestinian civilians that's been executed by the Israeli military recently in Palestine. It's um, the state-sponsored terrorism that the apartheid regime has been exacting against Palestinian civilians has been escalating. Uh, last Thursday, uh, Israeli military went into a civilian village in Jenin in, in northern Palestine and basically murdered uh, you know, nine Palestinian civilians. After that, a Palestinian went in terms of uh, exacting revenge against that, obviously, and in Jerusalem, killed uh, seven Israelis. And we're going to break down the, the kind of geopolitics of how that was discussed. Um, since that time, it's important to, to note that there have been really aggressive escalations by the Israeli military and the government. This all occurs in the context of the recent election of the most extremist right-wing you know, government. It's, and it's hard to say that, but an extreme, even more extreme right-wing terrorist government uh, in the apartheid state uh, with Benjamin Netanyahu at the head. And since that time, the violence against Palestinian civilians by illegal Israeli settlers in the West Bank has just been uh, out of control. So we're going to devote the entire show to kind of breaking that down, looking at media bias, of course, and trying to understand the political context. That's right, Jess. Uh, well, we should also point out, I mean, we're talking about 2023, 30 Palestinians have been killed, right? So, but going back to 2022, yeah. And, and and you didn't have this new far-right extreme government, which includes uh, basically terrorists uh, as, as ministers and so forth. 2022, so highest number of Palestinians killed in the West Bank uh, by the Israeli forces since the Second Intifada. Wow. Ha- 144 Palestinians were killed. And that, was under, and that was under the so-called yeah. non-extremist government, right? By, by the so-called, you know, the not, not, not so far-right <laughs> government. Uh, you know, so 144 were killed in the West Bank over 12 months. And again, this is, this is the highest number of, since 18 years. And, and as you start in January alone now, you know, January is not done yet. And you have 30 Palestinians, including... Which we have to say, five children five have children. been killed. Five children. So this is these are not some random figures. These are figures tabulated by different organizations, including the UN. The UN said that this is from the UN that 2022 was the deadliest year for Palestinians since 2006, but 2023 is already on course to surpass that if the number of the deaths stay at the same level and there is no uh and there is now the potential i mean as as you've mentioned in the intro uh, there is the potential for a full-scale uprising because of these deaths by palestinians uh particularly under the new government here and and with the escalations of not just the israeli occupation forces but, but also settlers. The, the settlers who have been attacking Palestinians, especially in Hebron 
and in the area around Nablus. Yeah, and, and Jamal, just to kind of throw out a quick stat, since uh, in the last two days, three days, there have been uh, just reported 150 attacks by illegal Israeli colonial settlers in the West Bank against Palestinian civilians, 150 just in the last three days. So the, these are, and as you said, they're not by the Israeli military, which does, you know, horrific, heinous things. Anyways, these are by the colonists, the, the illegal Israeli colonizers in the West Bank. They've, they've attacked Palestinian civilians uh, over 150 times already. So things are escalating. Should also point out to our listeners and our viewers, Anthony Blinken is, is over there right now in the region before he, to meet with uh, so-called you know, representatives of the uh, Israeli government. He's going to meet with some representatives, maybe Abu Mazen, to see if they can cool things down, which is a crazy thing to say. But Anthony Blinken is over there right now, too. We, so we've I, seen this chapter before, right? So many times, Jamal. Why? Why? My question to you, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue to break it down, obviously, because our listeners and our viewers want to know why now. You very rightly point out it, it's not why now, because this has been going on for uh, close to 75 years. Last year, 2022 was uh, was a uh, you know the the greatest death toll for Palestinian civilians since the first Intifada. But the difference now, Jamal, in some ways, just to contextualize this, is that you have uh, you you have right wing terrorists in the Israeli government holding powerful positions who are giving a license to kill open license to kill Palestinian civilians and giving the settlers cover to kill Palestinian civilians. So well, that's, let's, that's let's, part of it. Yeah, and, 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 and to, just to uh, highlight who are these people, and I'm not going to talk about all these people because we've had guests, actually, right. uh, Israeli guests, who told us who are these people. But the new far right, just, just, just to, to briefly write Israeli government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, has given prominent roles to members uh, of, of, of basically terrorists, what I would call, such as Itmar Ben-Gavir. And that's the right. name you keep hearing all the time. But people who want to know about Itmar Ben-Gavir and have followed uh, Itmar Ben-Gavir, who has done most of his uh, um, heinous acts around the Hebron area, he is a... Um, follower of Meir Kahana. That's right. And he is an admirer. He's uh, He actually expressed, he's, he's caught on tape and video, etc., expressing support, imagine, just for the terrorist Baruch Goldstein, uh, a Jewish-American uh, Israeli terrorist who killed 29 Palestinians at the Ibrahimi Mosque in 1994. So when you have this individual as a minister in the government, I mean, just to give people an idea, they talk about like, oh, why Palestinians are so upset? What's going on? I mean, think about this guy, this guy. And then we didn't talk about also what led to this uptick in, 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 in violence. That's what people like to refer to, which basically really terror attacks against Palestinians. But let's go back again to 2021. I mean, we went to 2020. 2021, this is when we saw what we, 
some media outlets refer to as the Palestinian popular outburst uh, basically began because of what? Forced displacement of Palestinian families in occupied East Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah. And, right. lead, and leading that was again Itmar ben Givir. Exactly. You, know, you see him in Hebron antagonizing Palestinians and, 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 and basically supporting Baruch Goldstein. But then he goes every day to the Sheikh Jarrah, and these are where the so-called peaceful Israeli settlers chant, death to Arabs, Nakba, we want to see Nakba today, we want to see Nakba today. You don't have to believe what I'm saying, just go Google that, and you could see the video of, of, of this. And that's, again, you know, we're talking about this tension build up. We go back to 2021, uh, again, under the peaceful Israeli government, not the new one. <laughs> evictions, daily evictions, allowing these settlers to march in the streets of Jerusalem saying, death to Arabs, uh, we, we, uh, may your villages burn. Seeing Itmar Ben-Gavir going to Sheikh Jarrah with these settlers calling for Nakba, taking over Palestinian homes, and then, of course, attacking Palestinians physically. And physically, what I'm talking about also, settlers have attacked and killed Palestinians. This is this is. Well, uh, but that's exactly. But that's this is not just the Israeli military or the no, Israeli but, army. But, but but I think that's really an important point in all of this, Jamal, is that we're not just talking about the state-sponsored terrorism that the Israeli military is is using force to to kind of dispossess and kill Palestinian civilians. We're talking about the eight hundred thousand illegal colonial settlers in the West Bank who have weapons, who have cover of the Israeli military, and who on a daily basis, and this is important for our listeners and our viewers to understand, on a daily basis, terrorize Palestinian civilians in their own homes and villages, uprooting olive trees, destroying agricultural land. And as I said, just in the last three days, since this, in quotes, uptick, uh, in in violence, which you know we, we which needs to be kind of questioned that that language, there have been over 150 additional attacks by these uh, illegal colonists. So the in in some ways it's not new news, you know, in ways because Palestinians have been facing this, and we can draw a historical line from 1948 up until now, almost 75 years. But what is different, as I said, and, and we will continue to talk about this, is the, the government of Benjamin Netanyahu, who is being uh, charged, you know, has multiple felony accounts against him right now, which is why he ran for, you know, attempted to, you know, reassert his role as a prime minister. Um, and the collection of ministers that he has around him, who, as you said, these guys are vocal uh, proud supporters of terrorists that the United States has deemed to be, you know, uh, on the terrorism watch list and are terrorist organizations. So in, in some ways, you know, it's not news, but in other ways, the, the kind of infrastructure of this so-called state, the apartheid state of Israel, is being harnessed by these right-wing extremists who are taking, you know, the freedom now from this government to to attack Palestinian civilians, calling for ethnic cleansing, Jamal, calling for the dispossession of Palestinians, as you said, calling for a, a, 
a, a new Nakba in 2023, unbelievable, 75 years calling for another, you know, ethnic, uh, <clears throat> you know, cleansing of Palestinians in 2023. So I want to say something to you, even though that Anthony Blinken is there right now. Have you heard anything from Kevin McCarthy? Have you heard anything from Joe Biden? Have you heard anything from Hakeem Jeffries? Have you heard anything from this government, this government, meaning the U.S. government, uh, about the uh, state-sponsored terrorism that's being carried out against Palestinians right now? No. Uh, what I've heard is condemnation whenever Palestinians retaliate, whenever there is an Israeli killed, but never, you know, it's just numbers. Uh, the only thing that the State Department issues, oh, we want to see some calm on both sides, whatever. But you don't have specific condemnation when uh, the Israeli soldiers, under the pretext going after terrorists in Jenin, go and kill a woman there who had nothing to do or shoot a young girl on the roof of her, her house and say, well, she just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, you know. Uh, or for that matter, just which we didn't talk about it now, but we've talked about it plenty, the murder of American uh, Palestinian American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh. Have, exactly. have we? Have we? Have we basically now? Okay, there has been an investigation. The bullet has been ex examined. International organizations <laughs> showed where Shireen Abu Akleh was standing. They've done their own investigation, including Associated Press and, uh, and CNN and others, and determined that she was murdered by an Israeli sniper. Did we Nothing. see? Did we see anything by the United States to bring no. that that Israeli spy, uh, sniper who have murdered an American citizen to justice? They, did they bring him to justice? Has there been any reparation paid? No. In fact, Jamal, I would say just the opposite. The United States continues to give the Israeli the apartheid regime cover. They refuse to participate in the investigations. The they Joe Biden refused to meet with the family <laughs> of Shari Nabuakla, who came to Washington, D.C., specifically to call this out. She was an American citizen, and her murder continues to go, uh, uh, you know, uninvestigated, if you will, uncalled out, unaccountable uh, by and the U.S. government. And her funeral procession was attacked. Right, Imagine. right. Imagine, even her funeral procession was attacked. And right. then they asked the question why Palestinians get upset. Well, I isn't have, that, I have isn't, come to a, to a determination, which we'll talk about it. Basically. Oh, okay. It's very what is simple. That? It's really American policy. I wouldn't call it even American policy. It's really Western policy and, of course, uh, Israeli policy is that they expect, expect, maybe even demand from the colonizers to basically remain docile and be thankful that they are occupied by Israel. I think that's right, Jamal. And I think, I think your analysis is, is absolutely correct. The, there's the idea that, and this has been going on, we, we, when we look at the historical documents by, by the new Israeli historians uh, who have unearthed in the Israeli archives, state archives, you know, there has been a systemic and systematic plan since before 1948 to ethnically cleanse, remove, and displace Palestinians from indigenous Palestinians from their homes and villages. 
the part of the Western plan has always been, if you guys, and they're speaking to the Israelis right now, if you guys displace and kill Palestinians, just do it quietly. Just, just do it quietly. Go on your plan of ethnic cleansing, but don't bring too much attention to it because it puts us in a bad light. What makes this situation kind of difficult for the so-called Western allies is that the egregious, horrific nature of these attacks by, by, by the Israeli military, by the illegal settlers are so grotesque, it's hard to turn a blind eye to that. So when, when Antony Blinken goes to Tel Aviv, he's not going to say stop. He's going to tell Benjamin Netanyahu, go ahead and kill Palestinians, but just do it quietly. And I think that's, that's part of the deal with the devil that the West has made with the apartheid state. Well, it's been it's been happening, and then if you look at you mentioned historians. I mean, the ethnic cleansing of Palestine has been documented not only by uh, famous historians, but including uh, Israeli historians. And and then now uh, we've been talking about this for the past two years. Israel has been classified as an apartheid regime by the United Nations, by Human Rights Watch, by Amnesty International, by its own human rights organization, Bethsalem, by its own for, former attorney general. And this falls on deaf ears when I see these, uh, you know, APAC, if you go to APAC tweets and on a daily right, basis, APAC right. takes courts. You asked about our uh, notable uh, congressmen and congresswoman. They quote those who support Israel and they say, thank you for standing uh, with Israel, blah, blah, blah. No one, you know, I mean, none of these people, despite all these these reports, these basically reports by credible human rights organizations have said a word except defend the atrocities and defend apartheid and deny. That's 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 the troubling fact. I mean, when you... When you present evidence, when you have well-researched papers, you know, 500 pages long doc- right. documenting every action and you present it, you, you assume your representative in Congress is intelligent enough to read those facts, to examine uh, these reports and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, let's wait a minute. You know, we give this state $3.8 billion and it is a state that we, supposedly the United States, stands you know, against violation of human rights, against the uh, population transfer, against the killing of innocent civilians, against apartheid. None of this happens. It's <laughs> but, but I mean, Jamal, let let's let's dig a little deeper. Let's dig even deeper. The Israelis continue to support either directly or indirectly the political and and uh, military gains of the Russian President Vladimir Putin. So they they have not taken a clear and unambiguous stance in in support of Ukraine, for example. They have continued behind the scenes and even above the scenes, if you will, in front of the scenes, continued to to kind of engage in that region in ways that are that are pretty pretty nasty, and supporting the the kind of gruesome uh, occupation of Russia in Ukraine right now. Um, just in the last 24 hours, the Israeli government is celebrating a drone attack in Iran on a military facility in Iran. So this is this is sending a drone into a sovereign country, into Iran, and and bombing a military facility there and doing that. And uh, we don't hear any condemnation from the State Department or anywhere else. So, 
you know, this this role that the Israeli, the apartheid regime, the Israeli government plays is a dirty one. And not only do, does it engage in these dirty politics and dirty uh, military and terrorist activities all over the world, they are being funded. And you said that $3.8 billion a year, loan guarantees, loan deferments. And uh, literally, literally, Jamal, the Israeli government gets away with murder of American citizens, of Palestinian American citizens, of Palestinians. And Anthony Blinken is not going to do, I know we can't say this uh, on the air, is not going to do anything. No. He's not going to do anything. No, and, uh, and, uh, and let's talk a little bit also. You, you, you mentioned earlier in the show about um, you know, what's going on in the West Bank and the geopolitical, uh, uh, you know, where these events the are ge- happening. The, the geo, I, what I call it, the political geography of words, Jamal, what, how they're describing the place names. I think we need to let our listeners and viewers know about the place names that the media uses to describe what happens in Palestine. Yeah, well well let's let's first start with all these most of these attacks that that happened against Palestinians in for example Jenin, you know, uh, this year and and last year. Right. Where is Jenin? Uh, you know, just what what business does Israel or Israeli occupation soldiers to be way deep in the West Bank. Let's let's play the game and believe in what Anthony Blinken repeats and every single, basically, uh, politicians, you know, that we support the two-state solution, blah, 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 okay? And, 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 and drink a little bit of this Oslo Kool-Aid. Uh, Kool-Aid. Right. And assume, well, these are Palestinian territories. What business does Israel have in a- this called area? You know, this is deep in the West Bank, not even Area C. This is supposedly under the Palestinian Authority. So exactly. what business that does Israel has to send hundreds of its uh, troops and 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 machinery and and bulldozers they're they're every, every single day bulldozing a house or uh, setting up a, a, a flying they call them flying checkpoint harassing citizens arresting people humiliating people it's happening so if you believe in this oslo kool-aid what business do they have no one questions that well you know they're going there after terrorists yeah after terrorists they're killing five children they're killing an american journalist they're killing uh, a woman and so forth nobody questions this the other thing and this may be people are going to get all worked up about this okay because okay yes on january 27 and this is this year the palestinian gunman killed seven israeli civilians and um, of course the headlines went killed uh, israeli civilians in a synagogue which is false because he never went inside that synagogue but nevertheless it happened outside or nearby and wherever and no one mentions where is that that is a settlement, Jess. It is a set settlement no, on... An il- but an illegal colonial settlement. Well, all settlements are illegal. This, I, just, this, I just want to continue to yeah, say it. It's illegal. So this is this is in a settlement called Neviyakov, which is like a stone throw away from Bet Hanina. I mean, right. this is where all right. the Palestinians, this has been taken. Of course, there are Ma'ali Adumim and other settlements there no one talks about this 
No one talks about that this is not in, for example, if we want to use this terminology, Israel proper, this happened again on occupied Palestinian land in a legal settlement. And these basically, and, and, and I'm not trying to justify this or that, but what I'm saying, when Palestinians are sitting every single day, watching their land being stolen by settlers, watching families getting displaced by settlers who hail from Brooklyn, New York, or from Russia, or from France, watching their loved one being killed. killed. Yes, being killed. And, 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 and people forget, you know, what happened in, again, five minutes away or three minutes away from that settler when Israeli settlers kidnapped this young Palestinian boy and set him on fire. Right. Okay, I just want right. to jot some memory here, you know. People or, have but, short mem- people short, have short, short memories. Short memories or set an entire family on fire. These are the settler groups. These are the settler groups that Palestinians view. And historic also some background, if you want to give some background, the the shooter in that incident Basically, his grandfather was killed. He was stabbed to death by an Israeli settler. Exactly. So if you want to report on something... Give context. Give it some context. Talk well, about the location. Talk about the motives. Talk about what led to, to it. Talk about that the day before, nine Palestinians, maybe 10, were killed in Jenin. And, 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 and I don't know the number of how many people were injured. Talk about what happened... To Abu Khader, you know, the kid that got set on fire, just thrown away away from that settlement. Talk about all these things. These things don't happen in a vacuum. Talk about the occupation. This would not have had happened if you have not been transferring uh, Jewish population, which is a violation of the uh, Geneva Convention, basically, to transfer population and settling them on in on Palestinian land. Well, that's exactly right, Jamal. And this is part of the American and the Western media com- complicity with this apartheid state. Is this is w- what we can call decontextualization? It's uh, w- what I like to call Groundhog Day. It's the same thing. Oh, there's a rise or a spate or a paroxysm, if you will, of violence. Why is this happening all of a sudden? When a headline goes like that, Jamal, it's a decontextualization, a denial of history. It's an inability to draw the line from 1948 up until now with all of the events that you spoke about, that I've spoken about, that we have spoken about on this show for many, many years now, to to take out of the historical context of where we are today in Palestine. And these things don't happen out of thin air. You know, this has been a brutal occupation for almost 75 years now, Jamal, and so many Palestinian civilians have been killed, men, women, and children. And I have to tell you, you know, the 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 nation's uh, repository of history, the New York Times, is just as complicit. And, you know, when, when those Israelis uh, were killed in that illegal uh, colony, uh, illegal colonial settlement in Jerusalem, the headline in the New York Times said, Jewish neighborhood in East Jerusalem. 
it was an unbelievably uh, kind of not just an error, because that's just not a reporting error, Jamal. That's a deliberate attempt by the New York Times. Well, the New York Times was the, the first publication to basically take the Israeli Hasbara from basically the office, the the press office uh, right there in, in Jerusalem by starting, you know, if you recall, a few years ago referring to disputed land instead of occupied Exactly. Land. They started exactly. accepting that thing, taking like, okay, 1967 didn't happen. There was no invasion. There was no occupation. This is t- disputed territory. I mean, when you, when you stoop that law and, and re- make those references, including also, uh, you know, the disputed Syrian, uh, Golan Syrian, uh, uh, the Golan Heights, uh, basically the Syrian Golan Heights also are disputed, then I don't believe anything, anything they say, basically, just No, and we, we, we have to call it out. I mean, this is part of the, the kind of co-optation, if you will, of the New York Times by the Israeli Hasbara machine and by the Israeli, you know, media machine. And, and, you know, for them, for the New York Times to report this as an Israeli neighborhood in East Jerusalem is, is, I mean, the, the reporting is bad, but it's not just reporting. This is a deliberate attempt, as I said, to co-opt, to to co-op reality, if, if you will, but to just parrot, parrot the talking points of the Israeli military and not to do your own, not to do your own research. If you look at other news outlets, um, they didn't use that kind of language in reporting this. I mean, this is a, as you rightfully pointed out earlier in the show, this attack by this young man occurred at an illegal colonial settlement in the West Bank, full stop. Now, we've said this a million times, we're not condemning or condoning, we're not, we're not saying anything about the the kind of uh, nature of this, because, you know, we, we've always condemned violence, of course. But what we're saying is that the way in which this is reported, kind of uh, gives support, if you will, to the colonizer, gives support to the state-sponsored terror that the Israeli government continues to engage with on a daily basis. And here's the breaking news for our listeners and our viewers, Jamal. It's going to get worse. I predicted this. This, well, one of my, it, this, is, this was one of my predictions, right, for 2023? Well, it's going to get worse because all that you have to do is read or watch, if you watch on TV, what... Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has recently said, yes. and this is what's going to make it worse and continue the cycle of violence. So his knee, uh, knee-jerk reaction immediately, we're going to kill more terrorists, meaning when they throw this like just bl- full blank check, we're going to meaning we're going to kill more Palestinians, right? We're going to uh, kill more they, civilians. They, they've, yeah. they've been they've been doing this for more than seven decades, and and that has not stopped Palestinians from resisting. We're going to kill uh, more terrorists. We're going to destroy the homes which they've been doing. We're going to destroy. This is again against uh, the you know uh, UN uh, resolutions and whatever. Uh, we're going to well, it's collective collect, punishment. collective punishment. We're going right. to destroy the family, the homes of the families of the so-called terrorists or perpetrators, and we're going to deport them. We're going to yeah. now. He's passing a law. I know. Basically, to deport. I mean, this is again. You, you're occupying a country, you're transferring uh, po- your own population into that territory, which is violation of the Geneva Convention. And now 
if a young man uh, kills an Israeli, you're going to take his parents, grandparents, whatever, and you're going to deport them outside of the country. I mean, these are the draconian measures. And then they wonder why people are so agitated. Again, I go back just to the whole concept. They want the Palestinians basically to be thankful, whether you steal their home, you steal their land, you kill their children, and then they shouldn't raise their voices. Because when Palestinians go and complain to the ICC, again, taking you back to what Netanyahu and, and others before him, they exact revenge on the Palestinian Authority by holding their uh, taxes. Their money. Collect, yeah, the money. Collect the taxes. Uh, and, uh, of course, if they resist, then they are terrorists. So, so what is the expectations? What are they asking Palestinians to do? It's easy, Jamal. They want Palestinians to be pliant compliant, as you said, and accepting of being occupied of being occupied. And 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 let's let let's dig just a little bit deeper into that because you know Palestinians, especially in this last decade, has said to the international community, okay, let us try this kind of political, nonviolent approach to dismantling the apartheid terrorist regime of Israel. We're going to engage in a BDS movement, a boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, just like we did in South Africa to bring down that apartheid regime. As soon as they did that, Jamal, they were condemned. They were attacked. They were they were told, you know, this is an existential threat to to the you know the the, the Zionist state. All of this stuff, they poured tens of millions of dollars, maybe even a hundred million dollars, into an effort to delegitimize the BDS movement. Which so is, by the way, supported by some Israelis. Yeah, of course. But all I'm trying to say is that the hypocrisy here is you you Palestinians don't have a right to defend themselves. Okay. That's that's part of the uh, the statement from 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 the West and from from you know, basically Western media and all of this, they, they basically, you don't, every Ukrainians have a right to defend themselves. Okay. Ukraine. Oh, oh yeah. We're, we're sending them, we're sending them we're tanks. Tanks. And now we're going to send them F-15s and well, Ukrainians have a right to defend themselves against being occupied, but oh no, Palestinians cannot defend themselves. That's, that's, that's part of the hypocrisy. So they when cannot go to the ICC. No, you can't go to the ICC. They you cannot go, go to the UN. All the and all these attempts to kind of hold an apartheid regime accountable under international law is condemned and Palestinians who and civil society or civil institutions that attempt to hold the apartheid regime accountable at the international level, their leaders are arrested. Their family members are arrested. They're put in, you know, indefinite detention in military prisons. And, uh, you know, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of tax money, which is Palestinian money, is withheld by the Israeli government. So it's completely bogus, this Antony Blinken, the U.S. kind of stance, and what the, what the Americans and what Joe Biden, what Hakeem Jeffries, what you know, Kevin McCarthy, what, what, what all of these uh, uh, politicians uh, don't realize, Jamal, is that the U.S. policy is going to make things worse. It has made things worse. It's, but it's going to make things worse. And I, what I mean by this is that... And, and, and we shouldn't give the EU uh, a, pass. a pass. No, it's the, it's, the, it's the Western policy, which includes the EU, 
which includes Australia, which includes, you know, the the entire Western Bloc, the G20. I mean, it includes, you know, everybody. It's going to backfire and it's going to backfire catastrophically because it's going to destabilize the region. The only reason Antony Blinken is over there right now, really, is that they're a little nervous about the economic instability in the world right now and the idea of an inflammation uh, excessive inflammation of the, the issue of Palestine right now will hurt Joe Biden politically and serve a negative, will have a negative economic con- consequence. Anthony Blinken doesn't give two you know what's about Palestine or about Palestinians. The U.S. government doesn't care. Biden doesn't care. Hakeem Jeffries doesn't care. Kevin McCarthy doesn't care. None of these people care about the Palestinians. What they care about is making sure that their money from you know, pro-Israeli political forces continue to come their way, obviously. And they don't want to disrupt the economic order of things. But uh, just as I predicted, I think that 2023 is going to bring significant destabilization and pain. Well, there's already pain for Palestinians, but it's going to bring a larger geopolitical pain that will be potentially pretty catastrophic, I believe, for this year, Jamal. You're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. I want to switch gears here and again. We're we're going to continue talking about this hypocrisy just, but uh, another story here. Well, well, it's part of the hypocrisy. Uh, this part of next the history. Th- so, 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 and 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 I'm actually glad that this actually even this story made its way to AP and to I'm Los Angeles Times and whatever. So, yeah, I'm surprised. So you have an Israeli group now uh, raising funds for. Jewish terrorists and extremists convicted uh, of some of the countries. This is in Israel. I'm not talking even they're convicted in their own country of some of the most notorious hate crimes. And they're collecting basically tax exempt donations in the United States, in the United States from Americans and sending it. This is according uh, to findings by the by AP, the Associated Press and the Israeli investigative platform Shomrim. The records in the case suggest that Israel's far right is gaining a new foothold in the United States. So we're not talking about far right. We're talking about actually terrorists and extremists. Okay. So, so far now, this is, this is the tip of the iceberg because we haven't been given details about the money of, uh, the amount of money raised uh, through the U.S. Uh, nonprofit. Uh, but uh, the investigation have shown documented uh, money trail from New Jersey to imprisoned Israeli radicals. Radicals. I like how they use these words. Radicals. Terrorists. They're terrorists. Who, who include... The killer of uh, former Israeli Prime Minister Itzhak Rabin, you know, the assassin, uh, and people convicted in deadly attacks on Palestinians. So, uh, but Jamal, this is a big story. It is. The, it is a but big the story. Fact that, the fact that the AP or the LA Times picked it up in like a back section, I mean, it's good, but it's it's not making the mainstream media in terms of. A broadcast media, New York Times, Washington Post, all, all these other, it's not making its way to that. And I, our, our listeners and viewers need to know what, what is happening is that you have an Israeli organization getting tax exempt status in the United States, raising money in the United States from Americans, American money, US money, and that money being transferred to terrorists. 
Right, and, th- and that's the key word. The money is actually documented where it's going. It's been transferred to terrorists. Now, it's not something new that uh, pro-Israel groups and Israeli groups uh, raise money in the United States for many so decades. Decades, over two billion. Some some people put it at two billion dollars. Basically, raising groups for. <coughs> Uh, the Israeli army, the the as as you know, or settlements and settlements and and hospitals, universities, charities, etc. So that's it. But here, you have documentation, you have proof, and this is according to the investigation. To uh, to their even some of their own pamphlet, actually they don't they don't shy away from it. This is uh, the the group. Uh, uh, Shlom Asirach uh, uh, promotional pamphlets. Its beneficiaries in their list include Yigal Amir. You know who's Yigal Amir? He killed. He killed. He's uh, the one. Yeah, he's a murderer. He, he's a murderer. He assassinated Rabin in 1995. Amiram Ben Yuliel, convicted in 2015 for the murder of a Palestinian baby and his par- parent. That's the arson that I've mentioned uh, earlier. Attack. Okay. Yosef Hayim Ben David conduct uh, this guy. This guy was convicted for the abducting and killing a 16-year-old boy in Jerusalem, and that's where I mentioned, not right. too far from the Israeli settlement in 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 the in the Shafat and Sheikh Jarrah area, and set after killing after killing him actually set set the poor young man on fire while alive, and killed him a very heinous crime. They also, the group uh, is also assisting extremist ultra-Orthodox men who fatally stabbed a 16-year-old Israeli girl at Jerusalem's gay pride parade in 2015. Right. right. Uh, by the way, the, the, in, in Hebrew, Shlom Azirach means uh, the well-being of your prisoners. So they're basically fundraising for criminals. But they call your prisoners, meaning those groups prisoners. And so... They've been raising money since 2018. They've been registered uh, as a nonprofit in in the United States in 220, uh, and uh, they have employees mostly from Israelis from hardline settlements in 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 the in the West Bank. Uh, many of them involved in crimes. So, so Jamal, you know what this makes me think of? I just have three words for our listeners and viewers, see if they have Holy Land Foundation. I I want our listeners and viewers to remember that after, you know, in the last 20 years, the U.S. government under, you know, the post 9-11 kind of legal uh, world went after people big time for not just well-documented, well-known, but just suspected uh, fundraising uh, uh, activities and the Holy Land Found Fund, Holy Land Foundation, there's six or seven individuals who to this day, it was never shown definitively that the money that they raised did anything in terms of supporting anything negative whatsoever. But they raised money for pro-Palestine, group, not groups, but like for humanitarian aid, right? And it went to Gaza and it went to the West Bank. These guys are to this day languishing in prison. And yet you have this group, Jamal, who's raised money 
openly saying we're going to send it. They've traced the money. It goes directly to terrorists and terrorist organizations. And what's going to happen? Well, it, what's going to happen if I want to answer and if, if, if things are fair and balanced, the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice views, according to its definition, assistance not only to terror groups, but even to the families of terrorists as form of material support for terrorism. Therefore, right. every single person, and I should say this group works with a local New Jersey uh, nonprofit, which called uh, Tzedakah, and, and, and that's a bigger organization. So every single person involved with this group or Tzedakah in New Jersey and outside New Jersey uh, who have raised money, transferred funds. Material and, support. And send it to Israel to support either the the terrorists or the ones who are in jail or their families, exactly, he or she was providing material support to terrorists and sh they should be investigated and they should be arrested because that's what happened. You mentioned Holy Land Foundation and that's the position. So I wanna, I'm really curious because this story is so new. It just happened within the past maximum two weeks that it's out there, that the investigation results is out there. And now AP has published it and some other publications have picked it up, including, like I said, the Los Angeles Times. If this is A, I think the first trigger should be is a trigger at least an investigation uh, by the IRS. I mean, this is where it begins and then it goes to the Justice Department and the FBI. But... Uh, they're well, raising money. They're raising money for killers and and terrorists, Jess. Well, I'm going to be less optimistic about it, Jamal. I think that we're going to continue to see hypocrisy. We're going to see pro-Israel groups uh, try to bury this story. If if we had to make a prediction as to whether or not the New York Times or the Washington Post or CBS, NBC, ABC, whomever, CNN will pick up this story. I, I'm doubtful that this story will be picked up. And I want to remind our listeners and viewers, I mean, we have longer memories than, than a lot of people, Jamal. When the Holy Land Foundation story broke, it was everywhere. It, it made the national, you know, broadcast media news almost every night. And, uh, you know, for weeks. And this, this trial, you know, went on and, you know, it was aggressively uh, covered in the mainstream media. Um, and then I, I guess, uh, I mean, still some of the people who were... They're still in jail. They're still in jail, right? No, they're still in jail, Jamal. They're still in jail. And even though the, the, the evidence against them... Well, you know, we don't have time to go over this today, but the, the way the law was written for material support is so fuzzy that... Uh, they continue to languish in jail today without any any ability to kind of appeal their case at the next well, level. Well, uh, well, what I remember uh, from it, Jess, is that, and that's how you talk about the law is fuzzy, if you, um, you know, in their case, they were supposedly uh, or allegedly sending money to Gaza to help families in Gaza, right? Yeah. That's, that's what the Holy Lion Foundation were saying. They were feeding the hungry, the poor, etc. But as you know, in Gaza, uh, 
it's not unusual for uh, anyone to have a family member uh, uh, who's identified as a member of Hamas, right? But, so, the, but the political movement of Hamas, Jamal. Well, is- it doesn't, doesn't matter. It is, it is on the United States terror list. I mean, that's right. how, this is how they got convicted, that the Holy Land Foundation raises money right here in the United States, sends it to Gaza, and then they send it to X, Y, and Z, and that person happens to be a member of Hamas or happens to have a, exactly an, right. uncle, an uncle or a cousin no, who's exactly a member right. of Hamas. Therefore, you have been providing material support to terror. Now, this group, Shlom Azirayich and, and Sadaka, right here, right here in the United States, they're directly sending money to terrorists. They're directly. saying it on their pamphlet. They're advertising. <laughs> they're proud of it. We're sending money to raise funding to liberate uh, uh, the killer of Yitzhak Rabin. We're sending money to, to help the families and to help uh, the, the, the case and defense case for the, that murderer terrorist who burned a 16-year boy, uh, a 16-year-old boy alive. So well, I, how much more I, evidence do you need than that? Well, that's why I'll, I'll say it, you know, on the show today, Jamal, I have no confidence whatsoever that Merrick Garland, our Department of Justice, or the IRS, or anybody is going to take this case seriously. I'm right? going to be the opposite, and I'm going to say, no, I plead with the <laughs> Department of Justice, take a look at this, follow the money, and well, you don't should, have to look that far. And I mean, this should not happen right here in the United States, right here in New Jersey or New York or wherever, that you have, you have groups raising money to support terrorism anywhere, anywhere well, in the world. I, I would like to be as optimistic as you are about this, Jamal, but uh, I, I hope I put it this way. I hope I'm wrong. Um, this we, we're going to continue to cover all of these stories, Jamal. We want our listeners and viewers to know this. We're going to continue to cover all these uh, stories. We have a lot of great guests related. Well, to we're going to invite. We're calling actually, if anyone, because you and I are not lawyers, so we don't know the legalities. <laughs> we're not accountants. We know we don't know how that kind of looks in front right. of the. We can guess how that looks in front of the IRS raising money and giving people tax deductions to support terror. I mean, that's all. This is how I kind of uh, translated. And so if you are watching us or you're listening to us and you have some expertise, contact us. Know. And, we and, will and, we'll and interview Especially you. a tax attorney or someone who worked with the IRS or worked with the FBI and so forth and has some knowledge about uh, these terror groups. Let us know. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com, to download the latest shows, and we will talk to you next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.